Hey, good to see you again. I know I know I can't see you, but I just can't help myself saying that. Welcome to the uh, the Woody Online Service, the message. And um, this week I'm going to be talking. Uh, the, the, the title is "Crippled by Satan, Healed by Jesus." So that's going to be the other side uh, of the um, of the video, the welcome video. And speaking of welcome, I just want to say salam alaikum and a welcome wherever you're, you're watching this or listening to this from, whoever you are, we're just so glad that you've, you've, you've connected with this, you've engaged with us. So welcome, God bless you. And I'll do the message the other side of this little video. Cheers. Hey, welcome back. Okay, today we're continuing our series through the book of Luke. We're looking at Luke 13. And um, I'm just going to be looking at uh, verses 10 to 17. So it's a short section. And the title is Crippled by Satan and Healed by Jesus. Uh, so I'm just going just gonna to read them now from the, from the NIV. Okay. On a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues. And a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue leader said to the people, there are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. The Lord answered him, you hypocrites. Doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie your ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath from what has bound her. And when he said this, all his opponents were humiliated, but the people were delighted with all the wonderful things he was doing. Oh, may God bless his word. Okay. Crippled by Satan, healed by Jesus. I just want to say something right off there. They are not equal. Hallelujah. Jesus is God. He's one of the Trinity. He's the Son of God. Satan is a created being uh, who, in an act of his own will, rebelled and is powerful, but they are not on the same page. Uh, I just want to correct that because sometimes people get this weird idea that they're equal and they're having a fight. It's a very, very unfair fight. Jesus is Lord. Anyway, I want to have a look at this short section. I want to do it in a way that I've done before. I quite like this idea looking through three characters in the story. And obviously in this case, there's three main characters, the synagogue ruler, the woman who was healed and Jesus. So let's smash through this. The synagogue ruler, first of all, let's talk about this fella. It was his job to run the service. He was in charge of the whole thing, bringing order and etc. And perhaps he was hoping that things would go nice and calmly as they'd probably been going for years and years so he could finish the service and go home. It would be a nice orderly service. Everybody would have their Sabbath and off you go. 
And I'm guessing that he was not against Jesus. You know, like obviously some of the leaders were. Because he must have invited him to speak or at least not stopped him. So Jesus was there and Jesus is, you know, is involved. But once Jesus is in the building, anything can happen. Should have been a sort of warning on that. So Jesus sees her, calls her and heals her. The woman stands up straight, starts praising God. People are amazed. They probably start chatting. There's some celebration going on. They've known this woman for, probably for a long time and it's getting a bit chaotic. And you can imagine him. Oh, it's getting a bit, it's getting a bit messy now. It's getting a bit chaotic. But worse than that, this is the issue. It has become unlawful, literally in his eyes, because the way he sees it, the Sabbath has been broken. You shall not work on the Sabbath. And um, that was very strictly interpreted through lots and lots of additional laws to the original um, commandment. Okay. And this is the issue. Jesus, the healer, had done some of his work on the Sabbath. He had healed. And therefore, as ruler, he had to step in and restore order. Now, this is really interesting. He didn't say this is not a healing. He, he didn't try to blame it on demons or anything else, which other situations went that way. He said, you can do this on six days, but not the Sabbath. So it seems that he thought, well, Jesus is a healer. That's what he does. And he's just done some work here. And maybe he had not seen it, that God had healed and made the connection that if God has healed, then Jesus, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Messiah because he is he is healing. And there's lots of stuff there about the Sabbath, you know, uh, you know, being being part of God's provision stuff. We're not going to go there. I want to stay looking at the, the issue of, the, of this woman um, because the ruler can see that this broken woman has been healed. He would have known her presumably for a while, he, how dreadfully broken she was, but he does not rejoice. He does not rejoice. He is more concerned about the Sabbath rules being broken. And that is the issue. And that's what really gets Jesus. That was the attitude that Jesus hated. Because there's a number of times in Luke where he goes into synagogues and he goes into situations where he's on the Sabbath and he heals. And it's almost like he's sort of challenging because that attitude that comes out that says, you can't do this now. They don't rejoice in what God has done. They get bound up in their interpretation of the law. And it's that hypocrisy and that blindness. How blind he is. Christ is there doing stuff. And he's more concerned with order and how things appear and keeping the letter of the law. It's easy to dismiss the synagogue leaders as blind as and religious. But remember, in the epistle of James, we're told that the word of God is a mirror. It reflects us back. So what is this episode telling us about ourselves? What does this point to my heart? Do we hear of God moving in other churches or denominations and say, well, I don't ask God because I don't agree with their theology. I don't agree with their theology. So I don't think that's God. In our services, I mean, obviously this is a bit, bit distant now in the whole lockdown thing, but I, I found myself sometimes in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a dilemma, in a bind. I'd long for a move of God, but I also felt a pressure that the service would be calm and peaceful and all that stuff. 
You know, so there's, there's a real dilemma there. There's something in my heart of that religious control thing. But remember, he is Lord of the church. Thinking of the Welsh revival of 1904, when we look back on it, it's lovely, isn't it? God moved, loads of people saved. You know, in Wales, it was transformative, it was incredible. And yet when you read about it, I, if you haven't read about it, read a book on it, because it was chaotic and it was shocking. And there were many churches that couldn't take part. And there were lots of things going on that this can't be of God. At the time, it was a massive struggle. I won't go into any more details of that, but it'd be very easy to judge that as not a move of God when you're actually in it because of the, what's going on. So we need to keep our hearts pure before the Lord and look for what he is doing and bless him and watch out for that religious spirit. But on a more personal level, this idea of, of Jesus disrupting our lives, he can do that. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't care. He has the right to disrupt our lives. He is the Lord. Have you ever said, Lord, use me, use me, use me? Maybe you're thinking, use me in a service or use me in a context or in my quiet time. And then he breaks into your life. Jesus can be very awkward. He, he, he cannot care too much about our priorities and our, uh, our timetables and stuff. I remember once I was, I'm not sure if I told this story before, but it works here. I was working in Newport at the time and... Um, uh, you know, the, the, the journey was a bit of, bit of a commute, you know, and, and so you didn't want to stay too late. But one night I was working quite late, so it was late enough for the cleaners to be coming in. And so as I was getting ready to leave, keen, keen to get out and get onto the traffic and get home, and uh, I was getting ready to leave and the cleaners come in, uh, real characters, a husband and wife, fantastic. The fella's a huge, huge fella, a real character. And uh, I said, oh, hi, mate. And he said, oh, Chris. I, you know, and I said, whoa, mate, you sound really rough. What's going on? Oh, I feel raw, chest, I just feel, I can't, you know, I won't get any pay if I don't come in. So I'm like, oh, man, alive. Um, so I said, oh, well, anyway, I'm off now. Cheers, mate. And he sort of sits down and he's obviously panting for breath. And I go towards the lift. As I go to get in the lift, I may have got in. And I just felt the spirit say, pray for them. I said, oh, Lord, I'm going to get home. Pray for them. And, you know, you're either going to take that with you and regret it or you're just going to step out and see what happens. So I said, oh, listen. And I hadn't really shared my faith with him. So, oh, God, we've got to start from scratch here. Okay. Hi, mate. Yeah. Oh, Chris, what do you want? Uh, look, I'm a Christian. I believe God heals and pray for people sometimes to get healed. You would like me to pray? Oh, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah that'd be good. I used to go to church, you know, blah, blah. And you're almost thinking, oh, I haven't got time to talk. <laughs> um, but, you know, let's do it. So I simple prayer i just said i think i might put my hand on his shoulder said lord jesus come and heal i just rebuke this cough or however i prayed come and, and do some stuff lord whatever okay ah oh, cheers mate you know he sounds exactly the same so i said right ta-da off i go i didn't see him the next day i don't think i probably saw him about a day later i was getting working late and he came in he breezed in out of the lift and uh, he said ah oh, hi chris i said oh hi mate how you doing he said you know since you prayed just that night, he just went completely every part of my... And his wife was going, yeah, he's amazing. He's, he's, he's amazing. He's, he's, it's just not affected him. He's just strong and everything. So I'll just leave that as an encouragement to you to listen. Don't think that God's going to fit in with your timetable, but he wants to bless. He wants to bless. Okay, let's have a look at the woman, the woman who's healed. She's in this synagogue, and in a way, she... she, she Women were second-class citizens in, in, in the society, so there's that she's carrying, but also 
people with physical disabilities, especially similar to this. Imagine she is, she is bent over. You know, she, she is really seriously crippled, you know. She is really bent over. She, her view of the world. So it took a lot of courage. Imagine finding your way around when you're like that. Imagine the courage that takes. Imagine the courage going into that synagogue, into that place, probably hiding in the shadows. Imagine the courage required to come forward when Jesus calls her. And it seems that she had this spinal problem, but Luke makes it clear that there's a demonic aspect as well. Luke, being a doctor, will often say, oh, this was a demon thing. And if it's not, then he'll just say, this was a medical thing, whatever. So it looks, this seems there's this double thing here. No, she, she is actually, is a demonic issue. Okay. And like I say, presumably she's well known in the community the length of time she's been afflicted. But she responds. She steps out when Jesus called her and she is set free. And what I love, I love this. She says, it says, she immediately straightens up and praises God. Now just think about that, right? This woman's been like this 18 years. Maybe it's been a gradual thing, but certainly for the past few years, she hasn't seen anything. What has she seen? People's feet. You know, what, what do you see from that? She straightens up. You think she gets to this level. Oh, hi. Oh, wow. Oh, look at your faces. Oh, I oh, love what you've done with the place. I love the ceiling. You know, she's looking. She doesn't. She doesn't. She goes, oh, Praise God, hallelujah, hallelujah. Probably raises their hands, that's how you pray and worship in the Old Testament. Uh, I think that's so beautiful. She's immediately giving thanks to God for what he has done, for the miracle that she's just experienced. And I love the irony here because Jesus goes on to, to, to tell the, the leaders and those who are upset, he tells them off. He, he says, shame on you, really, you know. And it's almost you can imagine them sort of, oh, you know, this is not good. So at the same time that she is straightening up and praising God, mm -hmm. they are being, oh, you know, oh, the people, they like Jesus, you know. And it's just a little, I know, I don't want to stretch the point too much, but Jesus turning things upside down right way up. That's what he does. Let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about Jesus. Hallelujah. He's been to synagogues a few times in Luke, and often this has happened. He's done something that's caused a bit of a controversy. He's brought out the religious thinking and the, and the hypocrisy, and he's challenged it. Leaders, I said earlier, they must be constantly on their guard against these things. Guard your heart, leaders, against that hypocrisy. Be wholehearted in going out for Christ. Oh, right, what does Jesus do? What does, first of all, he sees the woman. He notices, often we don't even notice. And when we do, we ignore. He sees the woman, it's a lovely model this. He sees the woman. He sees, he acts in calling her forward and he speaks. He sees, he acts and he speaks. And he speaks the word of authority and he speaks the word of freedom. Hallelujah. When he calls her forward, as she responds in obedience and faith, and like I say, uh, courage. He releases her from the oppression of the enemy with a word. He speaks to her. You are set free from your infirmity. Okay. So imagine she's, she's come forward. She's like this. You are set free from your infirmity. Then he puts his hand on her and she straightens up. So note, there's two things going on here. That's why I, I labored the point earlier. There's two things going on there. She's set free from demonic oppression and then she is healed. And sometimes um, 
God wants to use Christians in healing. You know, not just praying for the sick, but he said, go and heal the sick, all right? So you've got to do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. You've got to stay tuned into the Holy Spirit. And sometimes you need to say, Lord, is there something else here? Because this is a two-stage healing. Jesus bound the spirit, get out of here. And then he healed her. Oh, glory to God. Don't you get excited when you, when you hear this stuff and, and read it and it's still going on now and God wants to do more and more of it. Okay, so be open to the Holy Spirit in that sense. And this is him working out the freedom manifesto, as we call it. The freedom manifesto, right? Luke 4. Remember when I, I did Luke 4 a while ago, and it says there, um, you know, verse 17, 18, 19, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is him doing it. He said it as the beginning of his ministry, this is manifest, this I'm gonna do, and here he is doing it. He's demonstrating the kingdom of God has come and things are different. The kingdom of God is here. He always wants to heal and bless. Annabelle reminded us a few weeks ago in, one of, in, in her talk that in the gospels, everyone who comes to Jesus and asks for healing is healed. No one is refused. And that is the Father's heart working through Jesus. Hallelujah. I, I just want to say again about that Jesus saw her. He saw her in her suffering and her oppression. He sees all who are oppressed. She, I imagine, can't see him. Perhaps she can see his feet. She can't see him, but she hears him. She can't see him, but she can hear him and she can respond to his command that he calls her. He says, come to me. This is what Jesus says to all who are oppressed and downtrodden. He says, come to me. It's put very clearly in Matthew 11. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon, upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He's still Lord. There's a yoke. It's serving the Lord but it's light. It's not a heavy religious thing. It's not a bondage of religion and rules and stuff. It's light. It's a walk with Jesus, the King of life and light. Oh, praise God. And the book of Luke is really full of Jesus urging people to turn to him before it's too late. He's, he's making it clear there's a choice to be made. You take your, you know, there are consequences from the choice. So I just want to say to you, don't ignore Jesus. He offers freedom. Don't choose legalism or religion over this. Come to Christ. Don't let Satan bind you up. Let Christ set you free. Let Christ just touch you and set you free. He sees you even if you can't see him. Even if you don't think you could ever see him. He sees you. He calls you even if you don't hear him. Ask him to help you. Hear him. Ask him to make that real, to make it clear. He wants to offer you Oh, he wants to offer you his hand of peace, acceptance, and healing. Some of you think that if you come near God, he's going to strike you. Some of you think that he's just going to punish you. Jesus has taken the punishment. Jesus was crucified and, and gave his blood and his life and everything. That is where the punishment has gone. You are able to receive the freedom and the peace, the forgiveness and the release and the love of Christ. That's what you're able to receive if you just accept Jesus as Savior, 
That is what he is offering you. The father's not looking to hit you. He's looking to hold you and comfort you and introduce you to his son and fill you with his spirit. He wants to set you free. Why don't you come to him and ask him to touch you in his love and his power and set you free? Just see what life could be like with Jesus. Okay, that's, that's all I want to say today on that. Um, there's, there's not a worship section now, so I'm just going to close in prayer. But first of all, I just want to say, if you want to find stuff out, there's a great course called Alpha. If you just go on the web and put in Alpha, you can do it online. It's fantastic. There's other things. And, and we'd love to chat to you if you want to get in touch through any of the message, you know, the ways of contacting us at the end. But don't turn away from Jesus. He's awesome. He's awesome. Let me pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your word is still alive today. It's still powerful today. And Lord, would you, would you just watch over it and to perform it? Would you, would you take away anything I've said that's, that's rubbish or whatever? And would you just sanctify and bring power to your word? I pray for everyone watching that they would, they would know you, Lord. They would have a hunger for more of you. I pray for leaders watching that you would help them guard their hearts. That they would, that all us leaders would just be all up for Jesus. Take risks. Get rid of, uh, of judgment and all that stuff. Be discerning, but be loving. But uh, Father, my heart just keeps coming back to people who don't know you. People who know about you, but they don't know you. Would you just move on their lives in the gentle power of your Holy Spirit and draw them to yourself for your glory and in your name. Amen. Thank you so much for, uh, for listening to this. I really pray God would just bless you and keep you. And uh, hopefully you'll join us again next time. God bless. <laughs>